Welcome in, everybody. This is Jason Elam. Welcome to Messy Conversations. This is our first ever conversation like this, and I'm really honored to have with me today Laura and Carl Forehand. Laura is a second grade teacher, a grandmother, an all around wonderful human being. She's Amen. a second grade teacher. You know she has to be a saint. <laughs> yep. Carl is an author, podcaster, former pastor. He's the author of Apparent Faith, What Fatherhood Taught Me About the Father's Heart, published by Guire, and hosts the Desert Sanctuary podcast. And uh, you'll find links to all of their information, their social media, their website in the show notes. Welcome to you both. Thanks for joining me here for the first episode of Messy Conversations. Thank hey, you. Thank you. We're honored to be here. I'm really honored to have you. Um, listeners, to hear my original conversation with Carl about his book, check out episode 10 of the Messy Spirituality Podcast. Now, Laura and Carl, you two recently broke the news on social media that you are no longer attending church. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me what brought you to that point? Oh, man. Um, I think um, for me personally, um, I had probably emotionally disconnected from the church about, I don't know, maybe two, three years ago. Um, even though we continued going, just my heart just wasn't there. Um, so I think I've kind of been in that season a little bit longer than Carl emotionally, even though I was physically going to church. Yeah. And I, you know, I think we, I remember between, so we had uh, the first church um, of our ministry. It was about 20 years ago, and we were there six or six and a half years. We went to our second church across the river. That's when I started my kind of side career. And then after that, after we were flooded out a couple of times and we got a little discouraged, um, we went to a big church and kind of hid out. Um, Laura pointed out the other day we didn't ever take a break um, at any time. We just kept going to church. And so because, uh, you know, for whatever reason. But so then um, we, you know, I remember at that time wondering whether I was even going back into ministry and just kind of doubting it. Um, remember I kind of talked to the pastor of that church that we were kind of hanging out at and they, you know, they really didn't have a, and, you know, uh, an option for me or anything like that. And I didn't know where else I would go. But then, um, uh, um, uh, a friend of ours, and, and he was a friend of ours until we kind of separated from that denomination, but he uh, convinced us to go do this replant of a church. And we thought, uh, at least I thought that would that might rejuvenate things, and it kind of did for a while, um, that it, it was kind of exciting because we were doing it on our own terms, and, and we had a good thing going. It's kind of a half-biker church. Um, a lot of, um, you know, had some success with a meth addict, um, some things like that, 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 you know, that were encouraging, but then, it, um, you know, of course, and we, we, that was about the time we started through, um, doubting, at least for me, doubting and, and, and 
uh, was getting close to when I started my deconstruction. And so, you know, it's kind of been coming. But then, of course, um, like Laura said, you know, about two years ago, I I stepped down from the church and said, I can't do it anymore. And then we went directly to another church, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, we just never took a break. It, it's not that we didn't do any healing work in between there. We went through a program called Breakthrough. Um, I did some shadow work. Laura's had some spiritual direction. Um, and, and we read a lot. We listened to things. You know, it's not that we didn't do any work, but, you know, I would say, uh, you said, what, when did it kind of start? But um, I'll tell you when it kind of climaxed is when we just, you know, uh, there's a lot of people right now that are a little uh, uneasy because of our decision. Um, but it's not about those churches. <laughs> and no, they're real defensive and they're real, they think as I'm wrestling with this online and so on and trying to read and figure things out, they think, well, they get defensive and they say, well, it's because of our, you know, that's not true of our church, you know, and those kind of things. But what happened eventually, you ask how it began, but how, how it, what happened eventually is we would walk out of church and just go, oh, it, it just, nothing felt right anymore. Is that mm-hmm. kind of right? Yeah. yeah. And did it feel like something was weighing on you as you were leaving those services? What did that feel like exactly? Um, it, it just felt like you went to like a family gathering where where it just wasn't the same anymore. Um, you know, I, I remember you look at the screen and you've changed your beliefs a little bit. And, and, and like I say, both of those are, were good churches. They're somewhat progressive churches and, um, you know, but we just, it, it's just like, yeah, like you went to a, a family gathering where someone got divorced you know, or, or, or something like that. And you just go, ah, oh. that I, and, and I just stayed committed to it maybe too long because I always have that hope that maybe, you know, if I give it one more shot, maybe things will work out. Maybe things will change or maybe I can make it different. Um, but it just felt like that, that just wasn't, yeah, it wasn't right or something. For me, it was like a feeling of, um, I can only describe it as feeling very numb. Um, there was really no um, great emotion going in there and there was no great emotion coming out. I remember driving home probably the first six months after going to church there and I was just wrestling so desperately and we would literally <laughs> argue the whole way home just because we were maybe in different, I was trying to explain, you know, how I was feeling and that was maybe scary for you or hard for you to hear. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But um, I think so much of that numb numbness for me is just because of all the relationships over the 20 years of ministry um, that were, just so destructive or they were just literally like ripped out from under my feet. Mm -hmm. And so, 
I really didn't um, know who to trust, who was being authentic. Um, I'm not saying that they weren't, they may have been, but it was just, I was really scared to trust um, anyone in the church anymore. Mm. When you two think back to your years of pastoral ministry, do you feel like that was a good season or was there more bad than good? I think we see that really differently. Mm. I think Carl sees a lot more good. Um, I was such a young mom or a mom of young kids when Carl first went into the ministry. And I just remember it taking him away a lot. Um, and you know, I get it. Like there's a lot of, um, occupations out there that do that. Um, but there's just, um, I don't know. I, I just, I felt, and and then I felt like, well, if I bring it up or talk about it, then I'm being selfish Mm -hmm. that, you know, this is the church after all. So, you know, it's, it's God and, and we need to be serving God. And, Mm -hmm. um, so I really felt like, um, that was the beginning of me not really having a voice, um, not only inside the church, but really inside our, inside our family, inside our, our marriage. Um, so, I remember just a lot of that. It was just really hard. And then to see um, there were good years. Uh, There were good years at every single place that um, we served. But when it got bad, it was just really hard for me to sit back and watch um, my husband be attacked the Mm. way he was. Um, That was, that was really hard. And, and the thing that is, even hard on me today that I still get emotional about is the fact that our children um, saw a lot of that too. Mm -hmm. And um, that just makes me really sad. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't know that until probably recently, you know, just talking to them about our journey. um, They have all said to me at different times, we saw the way you and dad were treated Mm -hmm. and that just, that broke my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know how you feel. Recently, our 16-year-old said something that really caught me off guard. And we were talking about a, a future mate one day down the road. She said the one prerequisite that she had in her mind was that they mm-hmm. had nothing to do with the ministry. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. she didn't want to go through that and didn't want to put right. her kids through yeah. that. Right. Isn't that heartbreaking? Mm-hmm. It is yeah. heartbreaking. A lot, of, a lot of times um, people were trying to get to me. And, and they were, what they were hoping for is to get their way. That's really, you know, what a lot of it boiled down to. We've talked a lot since about how most of Christianity sometimes is about fear. And, and when you're afraid, you have to control. And so um, when people got afraid that things weren't going to go their way and this was all going to go bad, uh, sometimes even they thought they were looking out for the church or they might have even thought they were looking out for me, but they they came at me too hard. And I more times than not, um, it affected Laura, not just because she took it harder, but like she would lose a, a great friend. We didn't know any other way to go into ministry except with both with all our heart. You know, we didn't know any other way to love people than to love them. 
and and to you know come in with our hearts open, and we convinced ourselves to do that a few times, and when people you know didn't get their way or whatever, um, more times than not, um, Laura lost a friendship, you know. And, 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 you know, sometimes in the ministry, you don't have many friends. You know, you have lots of acquaintance, acquaintances that tell you um, you're great for a while until they don't. Right. Um, and so those few friends you have, you know, people would come after me. Um, I could deal maybe a little more with a difficult person, uh, but then, then Laura would lose a friendship. And so, yeah, it's really, that's really hard. Yeah. So has the decision that you've come to recently about, you know, just not forcing yourself to do that anymore. Was there a straw that broke the camel's back? Was there one thing that said, you know what, I'm not doing this again. That would be more for you. Cause like I said, I feel like I've been emotionally detached from the church for a while. So leaving or not going, I should say, just not going to church on a regular basis every Sunday is, is not too difficult for me right now. So I don't know if there was a straw that kind of did it for you. I, you know, I, I, I don't know if I can define that right now. I, I think one thing is that we've found uh, some good, I, I at least have found some good practices that, that are more contemplative. Um, you know, if, if you're going to talk about studying the Bible, to what extent did I study the Bible? It's a lot slower now. Um, you know, it's not to hurry and finish for a sermon or, you know, not to hurry and finish for, to write something, but it's, um, it's because I want to, and it's just, you know, I can take it as slow as I want, but also, you know, contemplative prayer and meditation and, and some of that stuff. Um, it's, it's just, uh, really rewarding for me. And, and I don't know if that's, I know that's not all of it, but I know that's some of it that, you know, I go into a pre-orchestrated, I, I call it the show and that, that pissed a bunch of people off the other day, but, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it is a show whether, no matter the how Sunday great morning the, show. Yeah. Yeah. No matter how great the church is and how genuine the people are, that is still a performance. And, you know, it's, it's orchestrated, it's practiced, you know, it's the sermons rehearsed um, and prepared for. And since, you know, since the time of Constantine, you know, when they started redesigning churches, they've elevated the platform with one guy talking it, it's a performance, and and not that it's bad, not that it's wrong, um, but it's not the same as you know simply communing with God. Um, it's not even the same as simply fellowshipping, even with just my spouse. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you know it's different, and, and it just um, in, in whatever way it wasn't enough. And it wasn't uh, what we need right now. You know, and, and like I said, we hadn't healed up. 
we, we need uh, time away. So are you thinking of this as like a temporary break in order to heal, or is this more permanent than that for you? I would say it's probably more permanent than that. At least, you know, that's where I am now. I I, I don't want to answer for Laura, but... Uh, Laura, yeah. it kind of sounds like you've been over it for a while, and were you were you basically just going to go with Carl? Yeah, I mean, and, and that goes back to that that whole, um, you know, being the good, you know, submissive, dutiful wife or whatever. Um, but, and that, you know, that worked until it just wasn't working for me anymore, Mm -hmm. which is probably when we started, uh, you know, going to our last, not our last church, but the one previous to that, that was about an hour away, you know, and just like I said, you know, arguing the almost the entire way home. I mean, Sunday was just a really, really rough day because mm-hmm. um, it just wasn't working for me anymore. Yeah. And right. I would say like, I mean, I, I even think our deconstructions have been different. Like I feel like mine has, I've just questioned a whole, I don't know, I shouldn't speak for you, but I just feel like I've questioned like a lot of things I never, ever thought I would question. And, and it's been kind of like, scary mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah i think mine started a long time ago too so um, yeah i was going to ask you that next did y'all deconstruct together or did that happen in different seasons uh well one thing laura's always told me my journey's not your journey right and i think that's true you know she was done with church before i was but i had started my deconstruction earlier so you know i being an introvert, I, maybe that's it. I, I'm kind of an introvert and I can, you know, work on one thing below the surface, you know, and, and let somebody else be the center of attention and things like that. So um, I don't know. But I will say that we're in different places. I mean, I, I completely like have gone so far as to question, you know, is, is God even real is, you know, I need to understand this person of Jesus. Like I, I feel like I was handed a lot of things and there's something to be said for that, you know, as you're growing up and and raising your family um, in the faith, which I mean, I was, um, but it just seems like whenever all this, um, especially in the last five years really started happening in churches, you know, it just, caused me to just really question a lot of things. So, and I think I still struggle with a lot of those things. Um, although it's, it, I feel a little more peace than I did probably a couple years ago. So. Yeah. And Do I, you I feel like has the church just become, and I say the church, I, I really just talking about mainstream evangelical Christianity, America, I guess, has it just become that toxic should should everybody? I mean, do you feel like church has become an unsafe pe- place for most people? Well, I heard Sarah um, Sarah Bessie is going to come on my podcast next week, and I heard her say, uh, "I was listening to a speech, trying to you know," and then I read her book. But she she said, "I had to leave the church because the church had no room for my grief." Yeah. And 
That is one of those Sarah Bessie things to say, you know, that just kind of like rocks you. Absolutely. You She's know? incredible. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like there, you know, um, yeah, come, you know, you get guilt and you get, get shame about just, just come to church, you know, it'll, it'll get better and there's healing, um, in the church, but, uh, I think that's part of it. There's just no time, um, or, uh, there's no program. There's no room, uh, for healing. You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, Jason, I don't know how to explain that very well, but I think it's absolutely true that we just, you know, we spend fifty uh, percent of the budget on on pastor salaries, twenty to twenty five percent on the building, and maybe about ten percent on programs, and then miscellaneous. But um, there's not even a lot of budget for that kind of stuff for the people that are being injured in church, or especially for the pastors and their staff. There's no there's no program there. There's no room. There's no allowance for anybody to even, you know, really admit that they're hurting. I think, you know, you, you call, I call that, or a guy I've read says, calls that spiritual bypassing, that we have all kinds of phrases and um, ways that we just pass over people's pain, you know, uh, even I'll pray for you. You know, God will get you through it. God is good. Um, God's in control. And many of those things are just are just bypassing phrases to get by it. Hmm. And so, you know, so a lot of times, um, you know, I said we haven't, we haven't stopped going to church for 20 years, right? Mm-hmm. And um, many times in a marriage the one thing that could save it was just being apart for a little bit. You know, there's got to be some healing, some, I'd call it refractory time, time to heal up. Um, and we just never did that. I don't even remember what your question was now. <laughs> I, I guess I was just asking, you know, do you think that this is something everybody should do or is this just very personal between everyone and, and God. Yeah, I think everybody's got to take their, you know, their own cues from their own conscience, right? Yeah, although we um, <clears throat> talked to Cindy Wong Grant. Did I get her name right? Anyway, mm-hmm. the other um, night, and she said she would, and I, I kind of agreed with her. She said she would encourage people you know, even if they have a great relationship with their church to maybe take a step back. And, you know, if just to, just to kind of look at um, this institution from the outside in, and if it still is something that you feel needs to be a part of your life, then the church should welcome you back without any issues. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, if it's not, then it's not. So I, I don't know, that kind of made some sense to me, you know, just to mm-hmm. kind of, um, but again, I don't know that I would want to speak for everybody, yeah. but I guess maybe I think there needs to be that um, 
opportunity without any shame or guilt applied to people that are just like, you know what? I just need to take a step back Mm -hmm. for a little bit. Right. Um, and, And I just don't know that. I mean, I know that even you putting things out there on social media, you've gotten a lot of backlash for that. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, people just kind of fade away really, (laughs) really, really quickly. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, you know, the people that, um, you thought were your friends or there to support you are no longer. So, um, I think it's, I think that's kind of scares people, I guess, when you say there must be some sort of, you know, security in in being in a church, I guess. I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, I, there was for us for a long time. Yeah, so I, I guess I understand that. I think a lot of times, again, it's fear. And if I continue to go to church because I'm afraid of what might happen, then I think I just, I'm just more and more convinced that fear can't have a place um, in the kingdom of God. It's, it's just if I'm doing anything because I'm afraid, um, even in the Bible, it says 300 and something times, don't be afraid, fear not, just just knock it off, stop being afraid. If you, you know, you may have to be vulnerable, you may have to take some, some risks, but we, I don't, I don't think Laura or I, either one would say, you know, would tell everybody to do that. You know, you need to do this, especially since we've only been at it like three or four weeks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Still pretty you know. fresh. Yeah. yeah. But well, the, I, I guess what I'm thinking I, of, Carl, is we've, we've got so many, and some of them are mutual friends that you and I both share, mm-hmm. who they really seem to have a healthy, positive experience in church life. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know what happened. I don't, I don't know what changed really, but... You know, when the Hope Center for us in Alabama, when we when we closed that down and we we stopped going to church and Mm -hmm. from the outside, I can see things that are just not Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. uh, With kind of the mainstream of Christianity that I can never be okay with again. And Mm -hmm. so I think it just makes me really hesitant about going back to something, knowing there's so much under the surface that you don't see from the outside. But I do see so many people having really positive experiences and I'm excited for them. I just, uh, you know, I just don't feel like I fit there anymore. Carl, you talked about shadow work earlier. Um, Let's, let's do a little on me right now. okay? Okay. One of the things that, uh, as a former pastor, uh, it was torment for me when we would visit a church to just sit in a pew at a church that I did not have a central role in. Mm-hmm. Did you experience any of that? Did you miss preaching? Did you do you feel like uh, you would have enjoyed church more if you would have been the pastor at this I'm point? Just I'm just, Laura's going to answer say, for me. No, I'm not going to answer for you, but I'm, I am going to say I'm sitting here, so you better be honest. Yeah, so I already, I already know the answer she's, to it. She's going to call you on this. Call. <laughs> I will call you on it. Yeah, it's it's absolutely true. And I had someone recently kind of shame me a little bit about that and say, you know, like why do you got to be in charge? You know, why do you got to be running something? Really, not about that at all. Right. You know, it's about my gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, that I have that not that those can't be used in other ways. You know, a lot of people have affirmed that online I can use those gifts. Some, 
and some people in the church wouldn't accept that, but I believe he can, and I've had that affirmed by people. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's very real that I, you know, in the the church across the street, we went to a few, t- um, you know, for a while, and it's a marvelous church. Also, nothing at all wrong with that church. Um, but yeah, you know, um, I I love to preach. I miss preaching terribly. Yeah, I do too. Um, I, you know, I miss the 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 uh, studying. Um, so so I can digest something to give it away to somebody else, and, and part of that's you know satisfied with my writing and the books and um, now talking on podcasts and things like that. But yeah, it's um, it's it's hard just to go and sit and be in the audience. I think if I'm being honest, mm-hmm. and Laura's looking at me like I need yeah, to be but, honest, but I don't. Think like, <laughs> I don't. I I definitely don't think that is like, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back as far as even going to church. I mean, I don't think it was an ego thing. No, definitely. Um, It's part of it, though. Yeah, right. It's definitely not ego. It's just um, I I think you want to be useful. Right. Right. Yeah. And you want you want to contribute something and you know what you can contribute. Um, Everybody doesn't always recognize that. And I've, I've learned a lot about rejection in the last couple of years. I've learned that it's a lot about my perception, you know, mm-hmm. that people that don't let you do that are not necessarily rejecting you, but um, it can feel like that for sure. I know you mentioned earlier, you have friends on social media and, and maybe even some who lead churches um, that have kind of taken issue with you going public about this. Why do you think that there's such a personal response, a personal backlash against saying it's okay to not go to church? Yeah, I mean, are, are we a, so invested in the institution that we feel like it has to be preserved no matter what, no matter how toxic it's become? I, I think so. You know, I had someone tell me that um, when I say, yeah, but, but, you know, people are getting hurt in church. And we're not healing that. And they say, well, that happens everywhere, you know, <laughs> and that didn't help. Um, <laughs> I was going to say that kind of makes your point for you, doesn't it? I mean, right, right. We, we advertise we a safe place. Yeah. yeah, that's what Sarah meant, though. There's not enough room. There's not enough mm-hmm. space for my grief. Yeah. Um, so what was the question again? I'm sorry. I got off track. <laughs> Just. Why do you think people have responded the way that they have to to your decision to not be a part of that any anymore, at yeah, least for now? I, I don't know. I've I felt that all my life, like like when we went vegan, mm-hmm. you know, just to create a healthier lifestyle for ourselves. When it worked, when it was uh, beneficial to us, I wanted to talk about it, and that threatened people because their lifestyle, right, their, the way they ate, was not that way, and. I think it can feel like criticism when we grow, when we change. Um, Not that those people are stuck or there's anything wrong with what they're doing, right? But it's different than what what we're doing, right? right? And so it just feels threatening, I think. I think that's part of human nature, too. Mm -hmm. Don't we just defend whatever we're doing? Yeah. Right? 
Yeah. Um, Whatever is important to us. If somebody else lets us know that it's not as important to them, we feel threatened by that for sure. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So are you doing anything instead? Are you going to start a house church like Keith Giles or, or how are you filling that time or are you just resting and healing? Yeah, we started a little contemplative group. I, um, I like that. Um, but we, we said, let's hold off till the end of the year for that. Um, I found that pretty fulfilling, um, where we would get together and then uh, just kind of lead in some meditation and centering prayer and, and some things like that. Uh, I found that fulfilling, but we don't, I don't think we have any immediate plans. Um, I've always, for the last few years, had Saturday kind of as my Sabbath where I really didn't do much, uh, go do podcasts a little bit on Saturday and that's about it. But we, we're just kind of resting in that that Sunday um, and giving ourselves permission uh, not to have to respond to any of the guilty feelings or the shame or um, whatever was there before. And uh, I think, you know, for me, I have some things I do throughout the week that that connect me with God and connect me with other people. And so um, right now there's no, no plan. So, you know, I want to finish, I want to publish my second book and some things like that. But I think for me, I'm just, um, I have like just this sense of peace that I'm going to encounter the divine just in the everyday And I think like that has me more, I don't even want to say excited, but it just has me. um, Yeah, I guess I'm just going to say excited, just more excited about um, that, that experience as opposed to um, I won't say churches is manufactured, but I, I do know that, you know, being, I help lead worship at a couple of our churches and things like that. I mean, you're strategic and what songs you play when you play them and which ones are upbeat and which ones are, are slow. And, um, I think just, you know, learning to experience the divine in the everyday is just Mm -hmm. something I'm looking forward to and just have a sense of peace about. I love that so much. You know, there was a time in my life when Sunday morning was the main event. Mm-hmm. It was where I looked forward to encountering God. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, I and I came up, uh, launched into the ministry during the Brownsville revival phase. You know, it, there was this uh, a Pentecostal revival actually really close to where I live now in Pensacola, Florida. Mm-hmm. And um, so it was all, you know, emotion and the worship mm-hmm. was just an incredible encounter experience, you know, but then life hits you in the face the mm-hmm. next day. Mm-hmm. And you feel like, oh, I just can't wait to get back there next Sunday or Wednesday night or Sunday night or whatever. Right. And man, it's so much better now mm-hmm. to right. be able to look for Christ or God or the the divine everywhere in everyone mm-hmm. without mm-hmm. having to stop and think, well, they're not our they're not our part of our tribe or they're not this or right. they're not that right. or what would the people at church think if they knew that I saw that spark of divinity here. 
Mm-hmm. Um, there's just so much peace about that. Yeah, there really is. Yeah. We, I read a, recently in a book, well, I listened to um, Super Soul Sunday. I'm, it was yeah. um, and Oprah Winfrey. Yeah. And, and there was a, there's a Buddhist uh, Zen master monk or whatever he is, Thich Nhat Hanh. Mm-hmm. And he has a book called Living Christ, Living Buddha, Living Christ. Right. But, but he had this little meditation and it just went something like this. It was like talking to your loved one and it said, um, darling, I am here. Um, darling, I recognize that you are there. Um, I know that you hurt. And the fourth thing was, I hurt too. Mm. And just that uh, meditation, um, I've been on that for weeks, you know, <laughs> and it's just rich and, and fulfilling and helpful. And I'm thinking about how that applies to, to God, how that applies to our relationship with him, my relationship with my wife, my relationship with other people. Um, like how to be more present, how to recognize them and how to, to understand that each of us hurt. And uh, that kind of stuff is good, man. Uh, you know what I mean? That, that's Absolutely. deep stuff um, that's helpful and comforting and peaceful. And, you know, I, like I said in the beginning, we're not, not trying to bash what somebody else is doing. Um, but, we're finding some fulfillment in what we're doing right now. I'm, I'm pretty good at not answering the question. You asked. <laughs> well, I was going to close this out today. I was going to close this out today, Carl, by asking you if somebody showed up at your front door and said, you know, I've read your book. I've heard your podcast. I believe in the message of your heart. Here's $10 million to start the church of your dreams. Mm. Would you do it? And if so, what would it look like? But I think Laura might stop you. <laughs> yes, she already said. Oh, my gosh. She if did you could have s- seen my face, that's exactly what it looked like. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Find another way to make some money yeah, is what she right. said. I'm fine with living the way we are. Like, uh, oh, I don't know. Yeah. It's so hard to, like, know what, like, for me, just the word church just right now has an, has just kind of a negative vibe to it. Mm -hmm. And so if somebody came up and said, I'll give you that much money to start the church of your choice. I, the problem I really have is with the word church because Mm -hmm. I've only known church to be pretty much one way. Mm -hmm. It's a loaded term for you. Yeah, Yeah. it really is. So if they said $10 million to start a retreat center, you might have a different view. Yep. Absolutely. That, yeah. yeah. I actually dream about, you know, starting a meditation center, you know, where people can do yoga and um, have meditation rooms and, you know, have guided meditation and things like that. And where, where Christians are welcome and Buddhists are welcome and things like that. And, you know, yeah. If we're going to go down that road. <laughs> but what did you tell me earlier this week about, about 
it's okay. You know, if you go, I'm not going with you or oh, something yeah, I like that. You're free to go. Just don't expect me to come along. That as you can see, there. 20 years ago, I didn't, I lost my voice, but I have since found it. So I pretty much just yeah. tell them like, nope, I'm, I'm not there right now. Can't do well, it. Laura, you just really sound, I don't, I don't want this to sound condescending in any way, but it just, you sound so free. Hmm. Well, thank you. You sound like you have found your voice and found peace and um, that you're just okay with people knowing who you are. And that is such a gift to the world. And I'm so grateful um, for your transparency here today and Carl for yours as well. I, I just love this conversation. I love the both of you so much. And I'm so grateful for your voices online. I know we've never met in person, um, mm-hmm. but I just think y'all are treasured, treasured people. Um, and I, I'm so grateful that uh, we have all gotten to know each other. That's been such a gift. You know, I was in church life for 20 or 25 years, mm-hmm. and I can't today think of more than three or four lasting friendships mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. that entire yeah. season. But right. you know what? A little podcast and a few social media posts. And I I feel like we're starting to connect with people like y'all and um, mm-hmm. some others that, I mean, that feels like, you know, the, I don't know. There's something inside of me that says, yes, these are our people. You know, this is, mm-hmm. this is who we are and we can be ourselves with these people and we can right. trust ourselves with these people. And so, you know, Carl, you said something the other day online about the inefficiency and the ineffectiveness of today's typical church and talked about how it could be done online much cheaper. Uh, mm-hmm. There's parts of that 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 I struggle with because I love sitting down with a group of people in a living room and praying mm-hmm. together and and sharing life together, sharing meals and all that. But right. I think you're right that a lot of it can be duplicated online, much mm-hmm. less uh, expensively and right. probably less toxic. Right. Yeah. So yeah, do you have and, any plans to do anything to like take, that? Well, the the key is not to take away the people. The key is not to stop interacting with people. The key is to take away the organization Mm. because I think the organization is what makes it toxic. And I'm, um, you know, when I blame everything on Constantine, (laughs) that asshole, you know, (laughs) just like, no, I I don't. He really screwed things up for all of us, didn't he? Yeah, just but if like he hadn't, that, I would have. Yeah. I would have come along yeah. in the ministry in 1996 That's and right. screwed it all up. So right. That's right. No, but you, you know that introduced hierarchy and all of that. You know all of that stuff. But that I think the organization, Christian is what nationalism, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, that whole organization. But um, man, I'm not against people getting together, however that happens. And I'm not as negative as some people about the internet and because I know what can happen. I know the good that can happen in it, just like there's good that can happen inside the local church or in home fellowships or whatever. And I don't, I don't think most people disagree with that. I just think they get defensive about their own way of doing it. And, And Laura and I are definitely not here to tell anybody else what to do. Um, but we know what's starting to feel good for us. Um, good. I'm so glad. I'm, I'm grateful for this season in your lives. Uh, I know that you went through a lot to get to it. 
Um, but yeah. I just I just pray for peace and all good things for y'all from yeah. here on out yeah. for you and your family. And I'm that, so man. grateful for y'all joining me today. I have loved this conversation. I hope we can do it again soon. Yeah, that would be great. Anytime, man. Friends, if you haven't already, please check out Carl's book, Apparent Faith. Our friend Glenn Siepert over at the What If Project podcast says it's on his list of the top 10 books of 2019. And I think yeah. you're going to love it, too. We'll link to the book <laughs> and the Desert Sanctuary podcast and the Facebook group in the show notes. And I look forward to talking to you again on the next Messy Conversations.